Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. You have these stories of heroes that will take on the entire world for love and they'll they'll fight through all these things and they'll you know, escape prisons and get chased down by armies and do all these crazy things for love. Nowadays, it's like, I won't get off the couch for it. Like, come on, what happened? Exactly. If you feel like your love life is stuck in a rut, then this is the episode for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. In this week's episode, we are joined again by Mike Bullock, author and pastor, who has recently written the book, the missing ingredient, home-cooked relationships in a fast food world. And in this episode, we are talking specifically about how society has somewhat diluted the meaning of the word love and why it is important to have this discussion so that you can find that missing ingredient in your own relationships. So with that said, sit back and relax unless you're driving to work or back home. In that case, we do need you to stay safe because we love it when you tune in every single week. Now, Brandon's going to kick off the first question. Here we go. What's one thing that you would hope someone would get from this book that maybe just saw the cover and said, well, you know, this is just another book about being a good family and, and being happy and all that. What, what do you think is the main kind of point you want people to get out of this book? Well, I think it, it really kind of depends on the person. I'm not one of those folks to, to lump everybody in black and white groups and things like that. But if there was only one message I could get across to everybody, it's really the true definition of love and the importance of it. I think in our modern culture, we have taken that word and almost ruined it. There's different words that that we've taken through the years and changed the meaning of them. And I think we've done that with love. And now it's just basically become this slang term that you tack on to something to add to the cool factor of, you know, I love pizza. I love, you know, the way you know, this thing looks, I love the color of that car. And really that that's not really what love is. That's, you know, that's a, you, you've got a strong like for something. I think because of that, the way people have taken the word and watered it down and kind of diminished the value of what it really means with it, the actual emotion of love gets cheapened from that. You get people that want to stay in their rut and, play it safe because they don't understand how valuable love really is. So it's not really worth pushing the boundaries to get it. You know, you read and, you know, I'm, I'm a big Pulp Fiction fan and I love, you know, old speculative fiction stories and things like that. And you've, you know, all the way back to the Greeks and so forth, you have these stories of heroes that will take on the entire world for love and they'll, they'll fight through all these things and they'll, you know, escape prisons and get chased down by armies and do all these crazy things for love. Nowadays, it's like, I won't get off the couch for it. Like, come on, what happened? You know, is it, has it been devalued that badly that people are afraid to stand in front of a pastor and say, I do right for the rest of their life because they're afraid, because the, the fear of becoming a statistic is much more of a motivator to them than the value of what love really means. Correcting that would be a huge thing for me. Although I have no false aspirations that that's ever going to happen. But for those who read the book, I hope they get it. That is true. I, 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 I'm really strongly kind of rail against when people say, well, you know, I love my car and I love my wife. 
Yeah. It's like, so your car and your wife have the same value essentially. And, and especially as a father of four boys, I, I to teach them that loving her means way more than even loving you or anybody else for that matter. It, it has to be a different kind. And, and I, I hate the restriction of the language that the English language has for love because we only have that word and we apply it to so many different things. And same thing with hate. And even though I just used it in a bad way too, but it's like we say, you know, I really hate this or I hate that. And it's like, you really don't know the full power of that word when you're using it, you're diminishing the power of yeah. it by using it for everything. It's like the word Smurf. It's got a lot of meanings to it. And, uh, in a lot of ways, we've cheapened it. <laughs> well, or, even worse, like your analogy of the, the, I love my car and I love my wife. Okay. Well, my car is a depreciating asset. Right. But so, so what does that wife, say about okay. my wife? If I if I have the same emotional response to my wife that I do to a car right. that I know is going to get worse and worse and become less and less valuable, right. then at what point, you know, is that, that car hit rock bottom, it's not worth anything anymore, it's not worth fixing up, it's not worth investing in anymore. If I am I taking that same mindset to my spouse when in reality to keep your relationship thriving, you have to continually pour into it and invest in it every day. And by doing so, it becomes more and more valuable. Right. Absolutely. Because when you first got your car, you cleaned it, you waxed it, you you would never park it close to something. You wouldn't drive it on the beach or whatever, but don't eat the new car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and we let our relationship go that way, too. It's like, well, you know, we've been married now for 10 years. It's not as we don't need to go on date night every week. We don't need to go out of town, you know, every year. We we went somewhere a couple of years ago. And then, you know, like we were talking about when we first started, time flies so much. It's actually been five years since we went anywhere together that time just flies by but if you're not investing on a regular basis and and i'm a big proponent of put it in the schedule you know schedule mm -hmm. that stuff usually in a, either late december or early january we plan our vacation just the two of us now our kids are older so they don't want to go with us anyway but uh and we don't want them to but we always plan at least two or three trips away just us and then now we're probably going somewhere with the grandkids because we don't really like the kids anymore. But kids are done. Man. Yeah, we're <laughs> over them. <laughs> I was I was wondering as we grow older, we mature. Hopefully, and then, hopefully, yeah. And, I mean, there's some folks they just kind of repeat their 24th year over and over and over again. And and I was thinking about you know that those individuals who stay married for a few years, get divorced, and then they they find a, a younger woman who falls for them and and. They get married for another four or five years and then they get divorced because I, I think, you know, th these women kind of catch on. They're like, I'm kind of <laughs> tired of this. I'm not going to stay with this guy anymore. I'm getting but, a new model. <laughs> uh, where I'm going with this is I was thinking about some of the couples that have inspired me. So, like, my grandparents were married well over 50 years before mm -hmm. my grandmother passed and then ultimately my grandfather passed. They didn't have the best relationship, but they had probably one of the strongest relationships I had ever seen. And then there's another couple um, – it's kind of funny. Like my senior year in high school, I dated this girl I kind of had a crush on for a long time. Um, that relationship did not work, obviously. Cause, was she married? Or? Uh, no, oh, uh, okay. she, but she did love somebody else. So <laughs> That <laughs> will make I, a difference. I, I was more of in the way <laughs> than I was in the relationship. Um, <laughs> but in the time, the short time I did get to date her, um, you know, she was – I noticed something about her parents. They were – you know, in their fifties and they were very loving. They'd been married well over, uh, 30 some odd years. Their level of uh, maturity in their relationship was so much different than what my own parents had. My parents divorced, I think 13, 14 years into their relationship. 
but there was a difference between my parents' relationship and and theirs. And other couples that seem to stop at anywhere from five to ten years, yeah. it seems like they they shortchange themselves with that richness that comes later on. Uh, my so my question after all that uh, to both of you is: Have you come across any couples that have had a long, deep relationship like that? And and how has that inspired you to see that families and marriages are in it for the long haul in a healthy way? So my aunt and uncle met when they were in high school and got married soon thereafter. My aunt died, I want to say three years ago, four years ago, and my uncle died a year ago. Basically, they spent my entire life together. They were just as in love the first time I ever really paid any attention as they were the last time I saw them together. Completely inseparable, didn't know what to do without each other. Wasn't like a codependency thing. It was like a like two bodies, one heart, as cheesy as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Yep. They just completed each other. They were two sides of the same coin. And it was just really cool. The first real conversation about romantic love I ever had was with my aunt because I my cousin Monica is my older cousin. She's kind of like my big sister, and she was dating a guy who was cheating on her. And I really liked this guy. I thought he was a cool guy. He was, you know, I looked up to him. He was kind of, you know, one of the guys that all the other guys looked up to. And my aunt, you know, said something kind of unfavorable about him. And I was like, well, why, you know, why, what? He's cool. Why would you say? And she's like, no, he's not. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, well, he went around with this other girl. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, well, if you're in a relationship with somebody, it's because you love somebody and you can't love two people at the same time. So, and then she kind of walked me through what, you know, love really meant to her and my uncle. That's kind of what I clung to, even though I never saw it anywhere other than the two of them. And so, when my wife and I got together, it was almost like the same relationship repeating itself, which was really cool. And both of my cousins have said the same thing. And um, my wife and I are like, we went the first seven years together without spending a night apart and you know, of course, we have our ups and downs and things like that. And, you know, we talk about it in the book, we almost got divorced early on and mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. But watching my aunt and uncle persevere through good times and bad times, and they were poor together and they were well off together and they were everywhere in between together and all the storms of life and watching their parents pass on and them dealing with those kinds of things and different family traumas. And they were just always there for each other. And I just always thought that was really cool. I think that's what people need is you need some kind of example of of something that you want to do in life. And marriage is certainly a very important part of that. But, you know, even somebody who's spiritually strong or somebody who's an entrepreneur or physically fit or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, go find that person if they don't naturally kind of appear as your parents or an aunt or an uncle or somebody like that. Go find that person because they're going to be the ones that you can learn from. And just because you're in a dysfunctional situation doesn't mean you have to stay there. It means Mm -hmm. you can go find somebody that's been or is wherever it is you want to go. And more than likely, they're going to want you to go further than they did, you know, because it's just it's an amazing thing to see people who just get it and they they live that out we have a couple in our church that have been married i think this november well no it was in august because it's right near our anniversary they've been married 72 years 71 years wow. i think he's a world That's war cool. ii vet wow and 
And it's funny because they always joke about people ask them, you know, how, how, what's their secret and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and she always says, well, we didn't have the money to get a divorce when I thought it was a really good idea. So we, we never did. And, uh, <laughs> and he always jokes about, she just didn't know what she wanted and she accepted me and put up with me. And, you know, yeah. and, and I'm like, I just love that because they're both, they've dealt with everything, you know, they're in their nineties and so they've seen everything and, they just said, you know, each other was what we had, and yeah. we weren't giving that up for anything. Yeah, I'm always joking yep. with my kids that it's so much cheaper to just love your mother and make her happy <laughs> than to split up and go our separate ways. And they're like, what? I'm like, because I got to pay child support, got to pay alimony, and then I'm, I'm going to be miserable because I'm going to realize mm-hmm. I had a great thing already and they're like oh well, so, anyway. <laughs> people understood what the cost of divorce is but what the benefit yeah. of it is too because every time i counsel a couple that's struggling especially if it's a guy i always say you know only thing that happens in a divorce is you get to date other people but you still have a relationship with her you still have children you still have all the other issues that are there oh, now yeah. you just date somebody else and guess what when you date somebody else you're going to have issues with that so now all you've done is add issues to your life so let's do the work now and fix this mm-hmm. and and see if we can make it you know work rather than you just jump ship thinking that's going to yeah. free you from something because you, it won't i love how you describe that as benefits you, you really just took the problems you already had and multiplied it by two yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. No. i heard john maxwell like talking deal. about it john maxwell's talking about it on a podcast i heard recently where he was saying that uh you know he asked people from the get-go, why did you start dating this person? Why did you start pursuing this person? What was it about them? And then, you know, they'll go, oh, well, this and that and the other. Well, that hasn't changed. You know, why'd you start looking over the fence? You know, the grass is only green where you water it. So if you're not going to water your own grass, you're going to stand around in the dirt. You had what you wanted and you failed to take care of it. Now you can still take care of it. It's not too late. Right. And get it back to the way it was, you know, why would you not put that effort in? And that's important to know the, you know, the full extent. It's like, well, I'm going to move to Alaska. Okay. What does that really mean? Not just what you think it means, but what does it really mean? And and having five kids, I've experienced this almost on a daily basis. I'm going <laughs> to do this. I'm going to do that. It's like, well, you don't understand the full ramification of that. Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. We all want to, one of my sons is building a house now. And I said, you know, one of the disadvantages of having a house is you got to take care of it. I said, there's always something on one corner or the other you got to fix or clean or take care of or whatever. And he's like, no, I don't think so. And so today I was showing him and see all this stuff I got to go do and all this kind of thing. It's like, there's advantages to living in an apartment. Somebody else can take care of that. But Teaching our children the the real story. Sometimes we say, oh, I'm always blissfully happy in marriage and every minute <laughs> of my marriage has just been perfect. It's like, no, because she's married to me. I mean, there's no way our marriage could be perfect. She got me. And it's work. <laughs> you know, it's going to take effort in this. <laughs> so, Renee, when you're listening to this, you'll know. Look at what she's she's listening to this right now, going, "Oh yeah, that's true. I got him. I mean, he got I got her. So I won the lottery. She yeah, so much. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I guess to to sum up, I mean, we talked about how you know just the word love has been cheapened over these you know past couple of decades. Mike, what is love? 
What is love? <laughs> That's a longer question to answer than you can really say yeah. in this podcast. In but it's in the book. <laughs> it is in the book. That's why I, I just was looking for an excuse to sing that little line badly. It's That's on it. page 89. No, it isn't. It's like the first chapter. <laughs> I know, but I want people to read all the way to page 89. Uh, That's true. Yeah. I mean, it, this is a good book. Uh, the Missing Ingredient, Home-Cooked Relationships in a Fast Food World. Uh, Mike, where can people buy that book? You can pick it up on Amazon, the easiest. Uh, you can order it through Barnes & Noble. Uh, most of the other brick-and-mortar booksellers will have copies. Mm-hmm. But probably in this day and age, you know, if you have the ability to listen to a podcast, Amazon is probably your friend. And that's most likely where you could get it fastest, easiest shipped to your door. Awesome. Now, if they want to have it autographed like Jerry got, what was your home address again? They can just <laughs> drop by and <laughs> pop in on a writing group on Tuesday morning. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> So if people want to learn more about you and get in touch with you and just kind of see some of your other work, what's the best way to do that? Uh, you can go to – this book is book one in a series called Hacking the Darkness. And you can go to facebook.com backslash hack the, hacking the darkness and find me there. Awesome. We'll definitely put that in the Sounds show notes cool. too. Yes. Cool. Yeah. So if you're driving and you didn't get a chance to write all that down, it'll all be in the show notes. Yeah. Or you can just give us a call or you can – Message us, and we will tell you how to get there. And if you want to give Mike a call, it's 361-867-5309. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, everybody's- Oh, you ate one, too? Yeah. Or just call your friendly operator and ask for Mike. She'll find you. (laughs) Awesome, Mike. It was great to Just don't Google. Yeah, don't Google. (laughs) Uh, There's a million of them, so just- Call one randomly on Skype. There you go. <laughs> I'm telling you, us. that should be our like side show. Like we're going to do that. Pick call a every name Mike out of a hat. Bullock we can and just <laughs> interview anyone dumb enough to answer. What have you done with your life? <laughs> written no books? Come on, Mike. Pick it up. <laughs> we know Mike, and Mike has written a lot of books. <laughs> it's like, who are you guys? Click. <laughs> well, thanks, Mike, for joining <laughs> us. And. You know, we we get we have mirrors and and squirrels all around, and we get distracted easy. But we're really glad you came on tonight and took some time to be with us and uh, just shared this uh, great story. And I hope people go and pick up the book and just learn more about you and some of your other writing. And uh, just really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com/slash one seven two. There will link you to the Facebook group that Mike mentioned, uh, Hacking the Darkness. And we'll also link to the book on Amazon.com so you, so you can go buy a copy for yourself today. Great book, quick read, and it'll help open your eyes a little bit more into how to deepen your relationship with your spouse. We're so glad you joined us this week. And the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker or that neighbor across the street. I know last week I, I said, you know, don't share this episode with your coworker, but you know what? Maybe you need to. Maybe you've been talking with them about their relationship. Maybe it's your buddy, whatever it is. But share us with somebody. There was somebody you were thinking about this whole time. Share this episode with them. Now, if you're a wife, please be gentle when you share this with your husband because he might be a little put off like, hey, what are you telling me? Well, get your husband's best friend to share this episode with him. That's our tip to you. Now, until next week, go live life beyond the rut. Take care.
I ain't got an outtake for you. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.